0: Welcome to Run to Thrive, a show for runners who are ready to live, lead, and run with more energy, engagement, and enjoyment in their everyday life. Each episode, you'll gain insight, inspiration, and motivation, and hear from leaders, influencers, and everyday heroes who run to fuel their success in life and work so that you can learn how to thrive on the run and beyond. I'm Matt Mills, professional life, leadership, and running coach. And I'm so excited that you're here so that you can discover how running can help you step into your greatest potential and develop a stronger body, mind, and spirit. Ready to go? Let's get moving. As a runner, you will always be striving for that next goal, that next finish line, that next peak. And even when you're reaching for the top of the next mountain you're facing, To reach the summit, you need endurance, you need to set appropriate goals, you need to have the right team around you, and you need to have the right intention. All elements that can help you be successful in running, but also to help you overcome challenges in all areas of your life. This is something my guest today, Marcella Ayala, knows well, since she's always looking for that next mountain to climb. As a runner, an adventure trekker and also in her life and career. From a young age, Marcella has been conquering mountains starting from teaching herself to write properly at the local community college after high school to then obtaining her BA and eventually an MBA from Cornell and becoming a successful sales executive striving for even higher heights in her career. Along the way, she's also used running as a way to stay disciplined and on course and was even embarking on challenging climbs of some of the highest mountains on earth like Mount Kilimanjaro. Marcella shares her incredible lessons and insights learned from her adventures and her journey. And if you're ready to get inspired about how you can conquer your next peak on the run and beyond, you'll enjoy this conversation. So let's get moving. Marcella, welcome to the podcast. How are you today?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you. Good.
0: Thank you for joining me. I always love to know have you had a run today
1: actually it's been raining i've been dying to go for a run uh debating whether i should go or not but uh, no not today
0: yeah um is there anything that you're working towards training for right now
1: so i'm supposed to be training for a big trek uh, in june at the end of june it's the GR20, it's 112 miles, uh, it's an alpine route out in Corsica and the island of Corsica. And typically I trained, I train year round, but I pick up my training three months prior to the trip and um, gradually uh, increase the training and I do 20 to 30 miles of running each week. Yeah. And then I do strength training, core strength training and um uh, and I hike once a week. I love doing the Wilson trek because it's really steep and hard and that's exactly what I'll be facing, so <laughs> it's good training. Yeah. But with this COVID-19 it's just a bit Yeah. Challenging.
0: It's throwing everybody off.
1: Yeah. Uh, actually,
0: why don't we start talking there about your your trekking experiences because there's a bunch that I'd love to to ask you about about your your career and your background in general, but one of the fascinating things was your experience with these international treks so you've been all over the world and you've hiked, climbed had these tracks you've climbed Mount Kilimanjaro I've done that as well I know how challenging that is um, oh. <laughs> the Tour de Mont Blanc, the Tours de Pun and Patagonia like how did you get into this trekking
1: so I actually been a runner since I was 13. Mm-hmm. And I've always had an active lifestyle since I was 13. And so I've always balanced out training in my life, whatever is going on, whether it's an academic focus or in my profession. And actually, so when I was in college, I was working full time, going to school full time, and um, maintaining my training. But then once I got out of postgraduate school, given that my uh, schedule had lightened up. <laughs> what do I do now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so um, I, I I just started to evaluate. How do I now? My training got a little boring. It was just um, not going anywhere. And um, a trip to uh, Africa came up in 2015, and I decided to trek uh, Kilimanjaro. Mm. And so I gathered a group of friends. We all got excited about it. It was an organized trek. And um like I said, it was one of it's like the most painful hiking experience that I've had. But I just loved everything that entailed it, which was three months of training prior to like really focused training, preparation, really understanding, studying the trail. Yeah understanding what you're getting into being prepared for every dynamic that you may be facing all that preparation. And then, um, and then the execution and then you're out there with friends as well. So it's super fun. And then it's just an international adventure. You're (laughs) flying out the the logistics behind packing everything up and getting out there. Uh, It just becomes a lot of fun. And that was hooked ever since. And so I look forward to something, a new experience every year.
0: How do you go about determining what your next adventure or trek's going to be?
1: So I'm driven by the physical challenge. I love, mm. I, love, I love steep, hard hikes. And then at the same time, I want to see something beautiful. I want to see experience, new culture and some, something around the world. So I've looked up top 10 hikes or worldwide hikes or beautiful hikes. And I've, through that, I've just kind of developed a list of what I would like to see or experience. Yeah. And um from there I've actually come up with a group of friends who who love to travel as well and hi- are hikers. Yeah. And um just lay it out there. And the, the one after um Kilimanjaro was Patagonia. Mm-hmm. And then from there we did Tour de Mont Blanc. We did New Zealand last year, and this year was Corsica. Next year's supposed to be Himalayas. Not sure wow. what yet, but um Himalayas has three countries we want to cover. So uh doing a lot of studying and research as to what we're going to do there.
0: So what is the training? What, what does that look like?
1: You know, one of the things that I discovered is you, you have to have endurance, right? Because these are seven mm-hmm. or eight day treks or longer, depending on how you want to spread it out. So the running is really important because it builds the stamina and endurance and the mm-hmm. mental strength to it too, because it does, it's a dedication to it, Right. It's almost like training for a half marathon or a marathon, because once you're out there, you're committed and you have to finish. But it also requires some strength training. I realized when I was in Patagonia and faced with 50 mile per hour winds and a 40 pound pack on my back, all that, the Pilates classes that I took and and I do cross training classes as well. I realized that all that strength training really helped me out with my balance and stability. Um, and facing those strong winds. And then plus the soil out there when wet, it was just like slick, super slick like oil. Yeah. Um, so just being able to have the strength to sta- stabilize. And I realized that all that training, the combination of strength training, core, especially the core and the running for stability, for stamina. It's a combination of all this. Uh, plus hiking, a hi- hiking yeah. in the weekends to get your calves and your just your legs um, in the field for what it's like to be climbing.
0: Yeah. And I, I, I also love how you talked about the mental aspect of it too. And I, I always remember when I was climbing Kilimanjaro and especially that last summit. So for those of you who haven't once, done it, it's, it's basically, different. it's like, you're going up kind of a gradual climb for most of the time. And then the last day you're just going straight up the cliff. And I remember just thinking, I'm like, this is like running a marathon. Right now, and it's really your you need to have that mental toughness, so how do you think the running helped you prepare mentally for for these tracks?
1: I think that running you fall into that zone if you're a regular runner, you know that you start off and then you warm up and then all of a sudden you're in that zone where you just you're striding you're striding through your mm-hmm. your your uh, run um, I, for me, I can do a uh, I run seven to eight miles regularly, um, three to four times a week. And it's easy. And it's been a gradual, gradual climb to be able to do something like that. I know it's not an easy feat to just say, oh, I can run seven miles on a daily basis. It's not. But once you get there, um, you just fall into a zone, right? And so, as you mentioned, the mental uh, focus and determination um, there's something to just being able to run on a regular basis that I think it's the the fill of endorphins, combination of endorphins, of getting the oxygen, fresh oxygen through your body, your brain, you're just you just feel good all over. You yeah. Know, it's just your body feels great. And so I feel that like the the running then gives you that preparation when you're out there. It's just like I, I think about this too, when I have, like, I'm on a long day, 10 mile or 12 mile walk. Yeah. Um, just knowing the sensing, I have one more mile to go. And it's just like, oh, just 10 more minutes, just one more minute. It's just like, you associate that with your training when you're running and then you're out there, you just want to get to that final destination when you're trekking. Um, it's just, you're able to connect and hang in there. You just are able to meet your goal. For
0: that day. Yeah. And it's interesting. It really is. It's that goal setting. So mm-hmm. even when you're just going out for that seven or eight or that 10 mile run, it's interesting how it compares to that. You're just getting to that next checkpoint, but then the destination just feels so rewarding when you get there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It feels so good. And then yeah. you can have a nice meal. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Whatever the incentive is, you know, <laughs> you know, what is it about this, like with the trekking and also the running it, and I could hear when you were just talking about it, it just, it's like, it made you feel alive, but what else is it that's so compelling for you?
1: In terms of running? Um, running, trekking, trekking or, yeah. The running, I feel, is just like the constant feed. It's just my lifeline. It's always there. The trekking is an adventure, and that just takes me completely out of my, um, and then and, and, and in in this case, the world trekking adventure just takes you out of your element. And I love being thrown out into the wilderness where um, you're no longer faced with your day-to-day, you're waking up, doing your makeup and, you know, the coming to our our daily, how we need to present ourselves. You know, you just, you're free, you're liberated from all that and you can just be you and just immerse yourself in the beauty of nature. And there's just something about being out there that I feel is just incredibly therapeutic and cleansing. Mm -hmm. And through all of that too, just seven to eight days that you may be out there in the wilderness working through challenges on a daily basis and unexpected challenges because you're always out there um, accounting for the the variables that you have no control over such as weather, climate, maybe something happened on the trail and you have to reroute or whatever the case may be, you're always measuring and assessing um, your path and if you have to reroute or reassess your plan. I love that, that on the spot having to make new decisions and and the, th- the dynamic behind the, that really drives me too, it's not, it's not just me relying on ev- all of my preparation and my training and everything that I bring to the table in terms of figuring out and bringing a solution, but it's the team dynamic as well. And I think that I, I love to build teams where I know that we're, we can rely on each other on different strengths. Yeah. We all bring different strengths to the table. And so I know what my weaknesses are and my limitations are. And I build, I like to build teams where I can boost those limitations and weaknesses with others who have strengths in those areas. Yeah. But it's just fun.
0: And what's really cool is you you talk about that in terms of your trekking, but it also seems like that that's what makes you a successful leader in, in your career as well. Talk to me about that and how it aligns with what you do in your current career.
1: I feel that uh, I've been able to bring those experiences to my professional uh, life in terms of you just facing the challenges out there, um, the unexpected, the team dynamics, the communications, learning from failure. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're out there and you realize, gosh, I really screwed that up, (laughs) 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 <laughs> but it's a safe, well, sorry, it could be a safe zone to, to screw things up, but um, you realize when when you're faced with something that can be so complex, and you're working with a complex group of people, and everybody, you realize everybody processes information differently, thinks about things differently, communicates differently, it's helped me develop a new sense of awareness, not only of myself, but of those who I'm with, who's on the team, mm-hmm. and being able to translate that on a professional level, it helps me kind of connect and bring those skills that I've uh, developed out in the wilderness and on these trips, uh, working with teams, such complex teams and projects. I work in the construction industry, yeah. we're builders, and um, I work in a very dynamic, with a very dynamic group of individuals, and I, I just absolutely love it. It just drives, I I'm driven by by everybody's level of expertise. So we have estimators, we have the construction workers, we have architects, engineers from every type and project managers and superintendents and we all come together as a team to you know from the very start I'm as business development I'm the one that brings an opportunity to the table and we look at okay what is any particular owner facing And what is this? We need to find a solution for this owner. This is their vision. How do we come together to bring this about? And so, working with such a dynamic group of complex individuals on complex projects is like bringing that skill set that I've developed out in the mountains, um, bringing it here too as well with a dynamic group of people. And it's been fun in leading teams, and leading organization, and in leading. A dynamic group of people and you realize that communication is just so fundamental and um, to be able to bring that experience that you experience out there it's bringing it now professionally and it's helped me demonstrate my leadership skills or communication skills there as well
0: yeah from what you've said with your training and also your preparation as well is that it's really running and preparing for these tracks it's also been a really great form of self-leadership that's really helped you to become a better version of yourself so that you can then be able to lead these teams.
1: Absolutely. And I actually, every time I go on one of these adventures, I, I, I set an intention. I said, I, I'd like I love to, that. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to uh, work on communication skills or I'd like to have a greater sense of self-awareness or I'd like to be more attuned to the team and their needs. and. Um, You know, I really want to be aware of what people are experiencing and um, how I need to step in to meet others' needs. So I could put it full on to practice.
0: Even when we go for one run, Mm
1: -hmm. it's important
0: to have that intentionality. Mm -hmm. And so where was it that you really developed that habit of thinking, I'm going to set an intention for this, for what I have coming, and I'm going to be able to learn from that.
1: On that, on that question, I think it's been a combination of other things. I do have a bit of a background of doing um, kundalini yoga for a mm-hmm. few years. I think it was back in 2004 when I got into it. And I did about two or three or four years of kundalini yoga and really learned going in to connect and set intention and you know bring on universal values. To that moment that you're meditating or you're you're in practice, and so I think that it's just a combination of everything of just mm-hmm. um, being a runner and then experiencing the Kundalini yoga for several years and being in that practice, and um, and then getting into the world travel trekking adventures and then also I think um, I've also read about it. I I've read articles and 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 some I read somebody who did set an intention before he went out and it inspired me as well. So I was like, okay, I want to do something similar to that.
0: Yeah. And that, just that, that curiosity and that attitude of exploring and learning, which now na- lends itself so naturally to exploring the world in the way that you do.
1: Um, <laughs> well, and the thing is you set an intention, but it doesn't necessarily mean it always happens that way. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's just, it may go out the door on just day one or day two. <laughs> but you learn
0: from it. Even if yes, you don't you do. hit that intention, it's always a learning experience.
1: It's subconscious is working there. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, I totally agree. I actually want to go back a little bit. You know, you said you started running at 13. I'm always curious to know what people's running origin stories are. So what got you into running when you were 13?
1: It was the 10-minute uh, run at middle school. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever have to do that? Are you familiar with that?
0: Like a little bit. We had physical fitness tests or something a little along those lines. But I feel like most kids dreaded having to do the, the oh, mile yes, run. Oh, yes, we did.
1: Yeah. Everybody yeah. did. But yeah. um, when I transitioned from elementary to middle school, that was the thing. We were all dreading and, and you hear about it in sixth grade, right, before going going to the new school in seventh grade, transitioning into middle school. And everybody's worried about, oh, we have to do this 10-minute run every Friday. You know, and it's just like everybody's talking about it so poorly. Nobody's looking forward to it. Uh, But once I was there, I just liked it. I liked Mm -hmm. liked running. And I also was an overweight child. Mm -hmm. So... um, I just got into it. It just it not only did I take to it, it's just I was like, "Hey, <laughs> I need to do something about this weight." <laughs> so, yeah. So that's how I got started. It was that ten-minute run um, every Friday. It was every single Friday, and I. It was just it. that
0: consistency, just staying mm-hmm. with it. So then it just kind of built from there. It just kind of kept being from that part of that routine. So eventually, like you started running more and more. I'm assuming. And then what part did that play, particularly since you've had this journey sort of this big educational journey, you know, going from LAUSD to SMC to then San Diego State, then Cornell for your MBA? How, has, how did running really continue to play a part in that journey?
1: You know, one of the things that I appreciate about running is that it's a big stress reliever and it mm-hmm. just kind of helps clear my mind. And I found that it was a way for me to balance life, you know, the demands of academically, the demands of working. And at the same time, it was one hour where I could just, just get that sense of clarity or just relieve yep. whatever I may be, be struggling with. Just it's a way to just kind of release that stress. And I just realized it just fed me with energy as well, fueled me, which is insane because I realized, you know, I was working full time, going to school full time. It was a incredibly demanding schedule and yet running, I'd still fit in the running. And I think that's what gave me the energy. It's it's strange, right? Sounds contradictory that you have to expend energy to get energy but it's what gave me the energy to be able to do everything I did. In yeah. School.
0: No, it makes total sense because it really, it does unlock you. You mentioned like with endorphins and giving that clarity. And that's why, you know, we talk about running is really just that form of self-leadership. It pays those dividends. You know, a lot of people say they're, they're so busy and they don't have the time, but you were working full-time, you were going to school. And like you said, you still were able to find that time or any strategies that you used to make sure that you were still getting in that run despite your busy schedule.
1: Well, priority was obviously having a job. <laughs> <laughs> then I could, going to school, um, you had the flexibility with selecting your own schedule. So that was great. And then based on that, then I would just make sure I knew I can get my workout in. I've always been able to manage getting my run in and then also always made sure that I had a gym and that was fundamentally important for me because, you know, I can get up either really early in the morning, 5am and get my run in or, um, and that's, I'm a more of a morning person to yeah. work out. So, um, yeah, I just make sure I roll out of bed, get on that treadmill.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So it's like planning, having those resources, knowing what your resources are that are knowing what
1: my priority is. you exactly. know I'm looking I school is a priority. going to graduate school is a priority. I'm going to do that, but so is my training and working out. so I need to make sure that's part of my life. Yeah. um so make sure I organize around that as well. yes.
0: How do you balance that now with your busy work schedule and other priorities that you have? How do you balance your training now?
1: i I do. I get up at five in the morning. I am, or 5.30, um, yeah. I set the alarm for five, <laughs> to maybe roll out of bed around 5, 5.30. So yeah, I'll do, I'll do a 6 a.m. Pilates class. I'll do a 5.30 a.m. Um, I do spin as well now to help me balance things out and kind of not reach a plateau. And then I'll do a run either Sometimes I do the runs in the evenings when I get back home from work. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I will, um, depending on my schedule at work, I will tie in a, a, a run right after my Pilates class at 7 a.m. I'll do a quick run and then I'll do my longer runs in the weekend. So it's a priority. It's, it's in my calendar every week. I have my days planned. I work out three to five times a week. I, I, I actually have to schedule in rest days <laughs> rather than forget. days.
0: <laughs> yes, I know. So I'm curious because like it seems like running, training, planning for the adventures, this has really helped you get you to where you are and help you to succeed. How has it also helped you to overcome any of the challenges that you've faced along your path?
1: What's that constant fuel? Mm-hmm. When we talk about it's that constant fuel where you can relieve stress, and I think that it brings about a lot of growth as well as you as your body gets more accustomed to this is the lifestyle. This is I depend on running. I um, depend on these endorphins on a day in day out to keep me motivated. But yeah, you you do face challenges. Things can be very hard, as I mentioned earlier today. There are times at work, certain points and times in my profession where I was dealing with a confidence crisis in a new job. Mm-hmm. And it can be really challenging. You're in a new space, new environment. You're trying to think, figure things out politically, who's who, who can you rely on, who can you not rely on. And So these are very, very difficult moments professionally. And running has just helped me not only just release that stress and the strain and the emotion that can be tied up with it, but also just help me clear my mind and, and think yeah. things through. And it's almost like you're able to solve a puzzle as you're running. You know, you're yep. just out there and just sometimes the thought just, the, the light bulb just comes to you as you're running. So running has certainly definitely helped me resolve problems. I don't know, maybe it's the oxygen reaching yeah. parts of your brain.
0: <laughs> I think that's part of it, yes. It's, it's almost like, um, I'm, I'm sure it's just, it's almost like cleaning out the system, getting all the bad thoughts and the bad vibes and all of that. Just get yeah, but it helps you to somehow
1: connect the dots while you're out there running. It's just somehow you're able to then see a bigger picture it helps you pull yourself out of the equation and see a bigger picture you know what's what's the greater picture we need, we need to be looking at here yeah um, and how can you contribute to that from that perspective? And many times it's running can help you kind of try to see a different angle
0: hmm yeah. yeah I'd love to know. What's really the biggest piece of advice you would give to someone who wants to improve their life and could probably get it through running?
1: Yeah. So, so it's not easy. It's certainly not easy. You know, it it really does take commitment and, and putting that time aside on your calendar. I think the first thing to do is, you know, look at your calendar for the week and the month and say, okay, if, if it's only once a week, just put it in your calendar and commit to it. Just stick to it. You know, and eventually that will go from once a week or once every two weeks. You know, whatever you're committing to, whatever you can give yourself to committing to, do it. Start there. Start small. You know, it, it's, it's interesting because it's very hard at the beginning. And even when you're running, it's like your your body is going through feeling all the changes physically and it's so challenging and you're like what what am i doing here why am i running but even on that run i remember when i first started running longer distances there reaches a point maybe at mile one or mile Mm -hmm. mile and a half or two where all of a sudden your body just like adjusts and just like falls into it and then you're like okay you get a second wind and all of a sudden you're just flying like yeah. eventually you get there at first it's really hard but eventually pushing yourself a little bit more a little bit more a little bit more eventually you you, you overcome that first hurdle and then you just continue the other thing too i think that's very important is the good night sleep and eating well
0: yeah
1: um, minimizing alcohol mm-hmm. um, i notice that for my training like when i train for these trips Um, I have to clean my diet as well uh, because it really impacts my workout, um, my scheduled workouts. You know, there's times where you're out celebrating people's friends' birthdays and there's just different commitments. And I've learned to uh, gradually, I have really uh, made changes to my, the food choices while Mm -hmm. I'm out there. It's just like, it's so easy to have the burger, the pizza you know the, the stuff we all want to eat, but then you just eventually learn to make the, food, the right food choices, or just take the minimal bites and just you know don't overdo it. but the alcohol I feel is the worst of all like um, I have a training set up, and maybe I went out for a birthday celebration or just to hang out with friends. I've had one too many drinks, and so the next day I'm really feeling yeah. it, you just really feel the difference yep and so if you really want to make a difference in in your progress of, of running, um, minimizing alcohol is huge.
0: Well, it's always what they say, whether it's the training, whether it's with your food or diet, sleeping, what you put in, you Mm. get out.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you, Marcella. I really appreciated speaking with you and I can't wait to hear you get healthy and get back out there for your next trek. I'm so excited to hear Yeah, that.
1: we'll see whether it's this June or next June, we will find out.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay All right, okay. well, as always, I'll, I'll catch you on the run. Thanks again for joining us on the Run to Thrive Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this week's show. If you're interested in learning more about how you can live, lead, and run at your best, visit coachingontherun.com and follow on Facebook and Instagram at Coaching on the Run. And if you like what you heard today on Run to Thrive, please leave a review and remember to subscribe to receive new episodes as soon as they're released. Until next time, I'll catch you on the run.